You're listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. I'm Garrett Ashley Mullet, and I want to talk about everything. Hello, and welcome to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show. This is Garrett Ashley Mullet. It is Tuesday, March 30th, 2021. The year of our Lord. This is episode 26 of season three, episode 91 of the Garrett Ashley Mullet Show. Today I finished Roger Scruton's book, How to Be a Conservative. It was a good book, but there's an oddity in that I finished it today and I just went into my Audible account. And I was trying to pull it up, going into my library, on the website, on my computer. I was going to look and see if I could pull up the publisher's summary, just to refresh my memory on some of the details when it was published, for instance, 2014. And also, just some general thoughts on it I wanted to share with you. So I went to my library on Audible, and I clicked on Finished because I was going to quick sort, because I've added some books to my library since I started How to Be a Conservative not too long ago. And it was there for a split second, and then it was gone. It was there as a finished book, and then it was gone. So then I go back to my general library, not just the finished books, but the unfinished books as well. And there it is. But instead of it saying, I have finished it, like it had the first instant, All of a sudden, it says I have 8 hours and 37 minutes left, which is the exact amount of time that there is to the book, which is not correct because I just finished it, and it showed that I had finished it initially. And now it shows that I did not finish it, and I had given it a rating. gave it 4 out of 5 stars. Not 5 stars. I reserve 5 stars for books I love. And I liked it. It was good. It's not a bad book just because it doesn't get five stars, but not everybody can get five stars. We're not handing out participation trophies, not even to Roger Scruton, the late conservative thinker. But it's odd to me because I gave it four stars, which still should count for something. And I don't quite know why it disappeared from my finished books. I tried to hit the rating of four stars again. I marked it as finished in my library on the computer. I hit four stars to give it a rating, and then it gave me an error saying I had not listened to enough of the book to be able to give it a rating, which is nonsense because I listened to all of it. I just finished it today on my commute to and from work and while I was going to get lunch. So I don't know what's up with that. That's just kind of an oddity, but in any event, it's a good book. And Scruton does a lot of going back and forth between talking about the Enlightenment, talking about the modern age, talking about progressivism, talking about conservatism. What is conservatism? Why are conservatives conservative? And what's the difference between a conservative and a libertarian? And what do we actually believe in? And to my surprise, my, I would say delight, Scruton actually talks quite a bit about the church and about Christianity and about the Bible and just how different progressives and conservatives approach the Bible and Christianity and the church. To progressives, the church is just one more institution to 
tinker with, to make better, to perfect, according to their ever-evolving sensibilities. But conservatives see the history of Western civilization, of their countries, of their faith, as not just something to remember, but as something that they have inherited, as he points out. as something you have been entrusted with from previous generations. And as such, it doesn't just belong to you, as he points out. It belongs to you, but it also belongs to those who came before you. And with such being the case, you should be respectful in the way that you handle it. If your grandmother passed away and left you some of her beloved keepsakes, would you treat those things with contempt and destroy them? Or in some measure, would you treat them with just a little bit of the respect that you feel for your grandmother or felt for your grandmother or should feel for your grandmother if she were still alive? That's kind of the big idea that Scruton gets into in How to Be a Conservative. So it's a good book. You should check it out. Maybe when you finish the book, Audible will give you credit and allow you to keep the credit for having finished the book, and they won't be Indian givers about it. But in any event, that is the latest as far as a book that I have just today finished up. Another book I'm almost finished with is The French Revolution. The French Revolution is a topic that I find myself increasingly drawn to, although with some measure of morbid self-awareness that it is a punishing topic. It is depressing to read about the French Revolution. It is chaotic. It is confusing. Who are these people over here, and why are they doing what they're doing? And now who's this guy, and who's that gal, and why are they jumping in, and why are they trying to take charge, and then what are they doing now? Well, that doesn't make sense, and they said this, but they're doing that other thing now and it's hard to follow because it was not supposed to be followed initially originally it shouldn't have ever been followed but that's what you get when you have the mob mentality dispensing what they think of as justice but what as often as not more often than not usually almost always is actually just bloodlust and groupthink together combined The French Revolution from Enlightenment to Tyranny by Ian Davidson, narrated by Clive Schaefer, is a good treatment of the subject. I have learned lots and yet am still confused because I really just am repulsed by the French Revolution. I find it disgusting and frustrating and irritating and annoying and grating It is anarchy, it is chaos, it is destruction. And it ought not to have happened, but it did happen. If you read Ian Davidson's French Revolution book, published 2019, let me know what you think. But based on the several books that I've read in the past six months to a year treating the topic, including... Reflections on the Revolution in France by Edmund Burke, and also The Rights of Man by Thomas Paine, now even Davidson's The French Revolution. I am developing a thought 
which I haven't heard anyone else say explicitly. Maybe they did, and I just wasn't paying close enough attention, and I'm taking credit for something that's not an original idea whatsoever. But this idea that I'm developing as I learn more about the French Revolution is that the French Revolution might not have ever happened had French Protestantism in the form of the Huguenots not been violently persecuted previously, prior to the French Revolution. Maybe the French Revolution would not have been so reactionary and so intolerant to dissent. Maybe the royalty of France, the aristocracy, the establishment in France wouldn't have been so dismissive and so arrogant and so condescending, so inept in their handling of sometimes legitimate complaints and grievances, Maybe the positions would not have gotten quite so extreme and unreasonable and vicious had the Protestant Reformation in France been treated with more dignity, with more discretion. Instead, if you read about the suppression of the Huguenots, you will find that they had to flee the country. It was so bad. They weren't just threatened they weren't just attacked here and there. There was a cleansing, not so unlike Kristallnacht that the Nazi party in Germany undertook to purge the country of political dissidents. The Huguenots were not just religious dissidents. They weren't just, as the Roman Catholic Church saw it, heretics. They were political dissidents because Protestantism isn't going to stop at objecting to certain Roman Catholic doctrines. It's going to go on, and it did historically go on to object to political philosophies, which had gone unquestioned for about as long as church doctrines that were dubious had gone unquestioned. So the French monarchy the Roman Catholic Church in France, the aristocracy, the powers that be and the common citizenry that looked up to them persecuted French Protestants. And I think that caused French Protestants to be more extreme. It caused French Catholics to be more extreme. It caused the common people and the nobility to be more extreme. And then when you fast forward to what we now refer to as the French Revolution, you have this deeply ingrained sense of how to respond to dissent, how to deal with those who oppose you. Do you have a reasoned discourse with them? Do you treat them with dignity as fellow children of God created in his image? Do you respect their conscience in any measure? Do you give them liberty? How about that? This quest for liberty Liberté, fraternité, égalité, which were the holy trinity of the French Revolution, a largely secular revolution, a largely anti-clerical and anti-religious revolution, which I think you can credit to a great extent with the anti-religious sentiment or anti-Christian or anti-Western sentiment, which is so predominant in Western Europe these days. I think you can credit the French Revolution with having planted seeds which 
led to the Bolshevik Revolution in Russia. The Russians looked up to the French in everything and wanted to be like the French and the Americans. They wanted their revolution too. The Bolshevik Revolution was an ugly affair, like the French Revolution was an ugly affair. You did not have the graceful flowering of ordered liberty in either France or Russia the way that you did in Protestant America. Protestantism led to a very, very different form of new government on the face of the earth, self-government, government of the people, for the people, by the people, one nation under God. It's interesting to me that the unquestioned, unquestioning religious tradition of Catholic France and Orthodox Russia didn't quite know how to cope with the bad ideas that were put forward in the face of objections to tyranny. And I think you could say there was some tyranny and some oppression and a lack of representation, a lack of respect, a lack of justice in France and in Russia prior to the revolution. But that doesn't mean that there was an abundance of justice and peace and discretion and discernment of wisdom in the wake of or during the revolutions in France and Russia. And all of this is relevant, and it should be relevant to you, the audience, because right now in America, the ideas that are being espoused, all of this business of cancel culture, of social conformity to the new orthodoxy, it's always changing. It's just like the French Revolution. You don't know what you're going to need to believe today you just know you're going to need to believe whatever the cancel culture folks tell you to believe, or you're at least going to have to parrot and repeat after them the things that they say you need to believe. You don't know what that'll be, but you'd best be ready, or they will roll out the guillotine. think of several months back when I was still on Twitter and Facebook before I threw in the towel and counted the whole thing a waste of time and energy that I could better invest in things like this podcast, in writing a book about homeschooling, in loving my family, in raising up my children in the fear and admonition of the Lord, in supporting my wife as she is getting some very serious and long-standing health issues treated by the grace of God. Back when I was still on Twitter, in the dark days of 2020, when mostly peaceful protests were killing innocent people in our American streets, burning private businesses, storming police precincts, threatening anybody who stood in their way. I remember jumping on Twitter and for one reason or another finding the account, I think because that account had commented on some conservative that I was following on Twitter. The account was called Sexy Communist. So I was struck by the very red and black profile picture and the name Sexy Communist. Who's this guy? 
The comment that had been made by the sexy communist was very inflammatory, very extreme, very radical, very violent, very aggressive, very threatening, scary. If I were unarmed, if Democrat calls for gun control were successful in disarming me, I might be concerned if I didn't have a holy and righteous God in heaven who I believe to be sovereign, who I know to care for me, who I know knows the number of hairs on my head. So I wasn't afraid, but I was concerned. Who is this guy? So I went over to the Twitter page of Sexy Communist, and I'm not even scrolling for all that long before I find a picture of a guillotine vis-a-vis the French Revolution in an American street at night in the midst of one of these Black Lives Matter Antifa protests in some city. It doesn't really matter which one. And you wouldn't believe the tens and hundreds of thousands of Twitter users, unless they were bots, which some of them might have been. A great many likes were on that picture of the guillotine. And the comment or the caption from Sexy Communist was, Now who brought a guillotine? Delighted. How funny. Are you thinking this is funny? Or are you reveling in the possibility of violence, bloodshed, murder? This is satanic. This is satanic vis-a-vis people who rejected the truth about God and whose hearts, foolish in the extreme, have been darkened. This is funny in the same way that rebelling against a good, holy, righteous God who loves you, who cares for you, is funny. Those who hate him love death. And wouldn't you know it, someone did bring a guillotine. I doubt they used it. I think it was a prop. Meant more to intimidate, scare, give a foreshadowing of things to come. It's all the same. It's terrorism. Any way you slice it. But read Ian Davidson's The French Revolution from Enlightenment to Tyranny. Check it out for yourself. Moving on. Chris Pandolfo writes for The Blaze. Former Democrat Senator smears Gina Carano as a Nazi. Carano hits back. You knew as soon as you said it you were liable. Quote, Senator Heidi Heidkamp from North Dakota, former senator, I should say, once reputed to be a moderate Democrat, recently appeared as a guest on Real Time with Bill Maher and said that Carano, who played Cara Dune on the popular Star Wars show The Mandalorian, was canceled by Disney and social media mobs because she was involved in white supremacy. She's a Nazi, Heidkamp said. She's not a Nazi, Mayer laughed, replied. She's involved in white supremacy, Heidkamp insisted. Hmm. Reason editor-in-chief Nick Gillespie, who was also a guest on the show, seemed confused at Heidkamp's accusation. She called other people Nazis, so she's the Nazi, he said, to which Heitkamp responded, she does hang with white supremacists. She does? Hangs with white supremacists? Marr asked incredulously. Yeah, Heitkamp said before quickly realizing she made a slanderous accusation without evidence on national television. Backpedaling, she jokingly acknowledged, I suppose I'm now subject to defamation. 
I think we have to be really careful. There's two things the Republicans think they're going to get Biden on. Cancel culture and this whole Dr. Seuss stuff that's going on where they're reading green eggs and ham, proving that some of these senators can actually read, and immigration. Hike Camp went on to say. And so we can't ignore the fact that we got Donald Trump was in part because of political correctness. Carano certainly did not ignore Hyde Camp's comments. Here we have more of the dehumanizing phase of cancel culture. Repeat lies over and over until the population takes them as truth, she tweeted in response. False, disturbing, and disgusting language coming from a former U.S. senator. Heidi Hyde Camp, you knew as soon as you said it, you were liable. So, what was I just saying about the French Revolution? Remember, like, five minutes ago? This. This kind of stuff. This kind of stuff happened all the time for years during the French Revolution. This is the stuff the French Revolutions are made of. You throw out an accusation to destroy somebody and you don't even have to have evidence. You don't have to have proof. You just have to have a critical mass of enough people who are willing to help you terrorize anybody who objects and enough people who are too afraid of being terrorized to do the objecting. That's what this is designed to accomplish, is to terrorize the public into conforming to your new standard of morality. This is terrorism. It's designed to destroy people. Destroy them financially, destroy them emotionally, destroy them socially, destroy them in every way possible, short of physically, yet. But then you get this little Nas X, and again, with the Satanism. Little Nas X comes out with this Satan shoe. And he's being sued by Nike because apparently they just took an old Nike shoe and modified it. And they put human blood in it. And this little Nas X, if you're not familiar, he's a homosexual. He's a gay pink cowboy. He wants to revel in. He wants to rub your nose in. The fact that he loves his sins so much, he'd rather embrace Satan in front of everybody because he just is that committed to not feeling ashamed, embarrassed about anything. And the more he's applauded, the more condemned he stands, the more doomed he is, the harder it is going to be for him to ever make an about face, if that's even possible. But again, with the book of Romans, Thinking themselves wise, they became fools. God gave them over to reprobate minds. Their foolish hearts were darkened. You know, it's funny. I'll take a step back from the Satanism piece. You have human blood being put into shoes. A thousand copies are sold. A thousand copies are sold at $666. A pair, they sell out within a couple short minutes. We'll step back from the fact that Little Nas X is a gay pink cowboy, that a former Democratic senator from North Dakota, don't you know, is slandering a conservative actress without proof, without evidence on national television. Let's put all that aside for a second. Let's bring this home. I just said all of that. What happens if somebody with my company that I work for with my employer, here's this podcast, and they say, ooh, wow, that is not bueno. You can't say those kinds of things. 
we're going to have to let you go. I work in oil and gas. Oil and gas is pretty dadgum conservative. Don't bring that stuff around here because we're not having it. We're not interested in buying what you're selling. We're doing just fine. Thank you. We'll keep on running the economy that makes your frivolity possible. That gives you so much spare time, free time, because that's what puts food on the table for our families. But check yourself. That notwithstanding, I work for this company. Sometimes you get investors, you get people that are putting money into it. You get people in management, you get people in various positions. You get customers, you get clients, you get vendors, you get various people who might get offended at someone saying the truth. And then how easy is it for me to just not tell the truth anymore? Because it might cost me. Cancel culture might come for me. They might want my scalp. I'm not playing that. The more we act like that, the more we self-censor because we're so afraid that we might get canceled, the more certain it is that these people are going to have a long, bloody reign. Eventually, they will come for you because you won't be radical enough. You won't step to the right just fast enough this time. You won't play Simon Says without making a face first on that thing. The 100th time they tell you the opposite of what you know to be true and say, repeat after me, you won't be able to do it and you'll object and then it's over and you're done. Especially if you keep on rewarding terrorists by negotiating with them, paying the ransom, cowering, bending the knee. You keep doing that and before you know it, you're not bending the knee anymore. You're flat on your face with a boot on your neck. And so is everybody that you know and love. I'm not good with that. And you shouldn't be good with that either. I shouldn't be good with guillotines in the streets and somebody making light of it. And I report it and it's still up there months later. But boy, howdy, are they quick to take a conservative down if they even make a point, a parallel point using the Holocaust, talking about dehumanizing language towards conservatives in this country. You're dehumanizing us like the Nazis dehumanized the Jews. You're blaming us for everything. And it's just a hop, skip, and a jump from that to you rounding us up in the middle of the night and shipping us off in rail cars. Not saying you're doing it right now, but the dehumanizing language, that was her whole point. She was right. She was right. Gina Carano, she was right. I wasn't a fan before, and I'm not inclined to become a fan of just anybody who maybe, possibly, not to say that she is, but some people might be trying to cash in on this because there's a market. They're playing with fire. They're not as afraid of cancel culture as they are greedy for the gain of siding with the conservative crowd, ostensibly conservative crowd, the liberty crowd. There's no liberty in cancel culture. None. You're either a slave to driving this crazy train until it goes over the cliff, or you're a slave to the ever-evolving sensibilities. I can't keep up. I'm not going to keep up. I'm not doing the Bhutan death march 
mentally and emotionally. I'm not going to gain the whole world and forfeit my soul here. You want me? Come and get me. Try me. You want my job? Take your best shot. My God, whom I serve, is able to deliver me. But even if he doesn't, I still won't bow down. Not doing it. I want to be humble. I want to be gracious. But by golly, we have to know where the line in the sand needs to be. We have to know it. If we don't know it, we're going to get pushed around. And then we're going to get squashed. We're not going to have a good conscience. We're not going to have a clear head. We're going to lose everything. We think you can bargain with the devil and he'll eat you last. The problem is, if you would have stood your ground, he would have fled from you. That's what the scriptures say. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Not the other way around. The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. The wicked flee when no one pursues. Are you hearing that? Are you catching my drift? When cancel culture might possibly come for you, and that's all it takes for you to sit down, shut up, keep the truth to yourself, not make waves, what camp does that put you in? Better to be thought a fool than to open your mouth and to remove all doubt. Even a fool when he is silent is esteemed wise. Yes, okay. We should all be more careful about what we say, how we say it. Don't get me wrong. But cancel culture has absolutely zero grace. There's zero chill. Zero grace. There's no grace whatsoever. There's no forgiveness. All of these public apologies, they're nonsense. That's not grace. That's not forgiveness. That's a witch hunt. That's McCarthyism. This is revenge for the Red Scare, for... People who were on some secret list, being outed and losing their jobs in Hollywood, losing their careers in the government, losing their businesses. This is revenge now. The communists decided they would just do it back again once the shoe was on the other foot. And so here they are. Don't let the bastards get you down. That's all I got. That's all I've got for this episode. Check out How to Be a Conservative by Roger Scruton. Also, take a look at The French Revolution from Enlightenment to Tyranny by Ian Davidson. Also, hit subscribe on this podcast if you haven't yet. Check out the com. Subscribe on there and you'll get an email. I'm still working on the formatting thing, by the way. If you're subscribed and you've been getting the emails, I apologize for the way that they're formatted. I'm not a web developer. I'm trying to feel my way through it. I don't have enough money to be hiring everybody for everything. I am hiring my buddy Bobby McPherson to do the book website for andthisiswhy.us, but for the Garrett Ashley Mullet Show, I'm still trying to refine it. I'm okay with that one being a little more experimental. Just bear with me in the interim while I'm tweaking and adjusting and figuring things out. It's not going to be 100% just yet. So if you're subscribed, you're listening, you're checking it out, you're bearing with me, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. As always, thank you for listening. Until next time, God bless. You've been listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. For more content like what you heard today, visit the homepage for On The Rocks blog at onthe.rocks. 
Also, check out On The Rock's blog podcast with Micah Hirschberger, weekly on Anchor FM. If you haven't yet done so, hit subscribe to this podcast also. And you can reach Garrett Ashley Mullet with any comments, questions, or complaints at garrettmullet at gmail.com. Hello, this is Garrett Ashley Mullet, host of the Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM, and also chief editor and writer at On The Rocks blog since 2015. I have just published my first book. It is available on paperback and Kindle from Amazon.com right now. Are you thinking about homeschooling? Is someone you know considering it? No shortage of books will help you figure out how to do it. This is a book about why you should. Written from the perspective of a homeschooling father of seven who was himself homeschooled growing up, this is an encouragement to fathers and mothers to think rightly about their children's education. What our children believe about God, themselves, one another, and the universe, these are all features of their education, and the worldview our children develop is downstream of the sort of education they receive. And this is why we homeschool. Maybe you are a parent of homeschooling children and you could use some encouragement. Perhaps your local school shut down and now remote learning or homeschooling has been forced on you. Now you could use some help finding motivation to make the best of it. Or maybe you have a friend or family member considering homeschooling their children. Rather than starting you off with another home education how-to, let us start with why we homeschool. And as we figure out the reasons we should do this thing, the way to do it will be made far easier. Just go right on over to Amazon.com and type in, and this is why we homeschool in the search results. It'll come right up. Order your copy today.